Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Today is Monday, January 31st, and the Kansas City Chiefs have lost the AFC Championship game 27-24 to the pause, if you will, of the Bengals. Maybe try to get a little comedy going here early to see if we can lighten the mood. It's been a somber day. It's just one of those days where, you know, all but one team ever in every sport ends their season probably feeling remotely close to this way. Um, uh, But something about this one, something about this loss really is is unsettling. Um, It's just, it's just at the point of this Chiefs franchise that if we don't make the Super Bowl every year, it's just a failure. And especially when you lose to a team that I still believe is inferior to when the Chiefs are at their best. But before we really get into it, um, I want to be the first person to give a lot of credit to the Cincinnati Bengals, not only Um, Did they go on an unprecedented run considering where they were two years ago? But they played us two times and they just came out and wanted it in both games more than the Chiefs in the second half. Um, I would make a slight argument that the Chiefs, this has been their downfall over this four-year Mahomes era in terms of getting up big on people and and most of the time it works out but there's been a lot of time not not a lot of times but there's been a few times and yesterday was one of them where these teams just come back out and and fight and scratch and and we get really complacent and and I just have so many questions as to what went ha- what what went on in the second half and you can talk about the, the end of the first half on the goal line. Um, you can talk about that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that happens in the first half. You have to leave that out there. You're up 11 going into the break, and you don't score until there's three seconds left in the fourth quarter. And you're going to blame that on a, on a goal line play that the Bengals made? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And – and it's just inexcusable when you pay somebody half a billion dollars. I mean, I know we're not technically paying it yet, but we're about to start. And, and I'm a little nervous for the future. Um, with that, we'll bring on Johnny Rowe. Johnny, buddy, you seemed a little bit more positive than me this morning, which I, I actually enjoyed. It kind of gave me a smile. But that smile quickly went away, buddy. I am in real pain. How are you? Hey, what's up, Chandler? Yeah, I'm, I don't know why uh, my response today is a little different than most. I think you you being in attendance to watch that has to, I mean, that would sting, I think, more um, just like witnessing that in person. But <clears throat> I, I, I was saying this on my radio show today. I spent like the whole first hour talking about the Chiefs game. And I don't know if I subconsciously earlier in the year accepted the chief's fate or not, or I forgot about that. But for some reason today, I, I I'm just, I'm just like really aware that like this is a microcosm of, of the chief's entire season, the performance yesterday. 
So many times uh, the Chiefs would start off great, go down, score an opening touchdown drive, and then then the offense would literally just disappear the rest of the game, and we didn't know why. And and frankly, I I still don't know exactly why. I think it's um I think it's a it's a multitude of things. The toughest part of this to swallow um, for me is that your half a billion dollar otherworldly franchise saving quarterback. Uh, to me, is the reason that you lost this game. And, um, you know, I, I do think we should have pounded the rock more. I do think some of the play calling was suspe- suspect. Um, but Patrick Mahomes had a really bad second half, like a really bad second half. And Chandler, I think more than you, I think a lot of it hinges on that that debauchery at the end of the first half. Um, I agree with you that we, the Chiefs should have, you can't let something like that totally throw you off kilter, but it, but it did. And um, here's how I look at it, and this this could just be me postulating. But uh, all year, if you've watched the Chiefs, and really the last couple of years, Patrick Mahomes, anytime there's like a fourth and goal or fourth and manageable anywhere on the field, um, Patrick always wants to go for it. And why wouldn't you? I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he's amazing. His performance yesterday does not make me think he's any different. He just, he's human. He had a really shitty second half. Okay. But, but he always wants to go for it. And like that part of that's like the analytics community. I mean, the analytics, uh, football guys, like there's good and bad to the analytics, right? We, we've seen the good, uh, going for it and more, fourth and shorts or whatever, but we've seen the bad a lot too. Like, you know, I think, you know, we saw the chiefs beat the chargers in, uh, in Los Angeles and they, they missed like four fourth downs and stuff like that when they should have taken the point. So it's like, we've seen the analytics community get things right and wrong. And whenever Mahomes wants to go for it, we as fans always want to go for it, but who's the one that is there to make the adult decision. It's Andy Reid. And Andy Reid usually punts or takes the points and makes the non-fun decision that everybody doesn't agree with, but ultimately lets the Chiefs uh, win the game or put them in a position to win the game. The situation at the end of the first half, I think, was the right call to go for it another play. You had five seconds. If Mahomes gets the ball, he doesn't have his first read. He throws it into the back of the end zone, and you you kick a field goal, and you get points going into the break, and you get the ball coming out. And I think Andy Reid put full trust in Patrick Mahomes to make the right call there. I don't think in in his wildest nightmares, Andy Reid would have thought that Patrick Mahomes checks the ball down to the flat short of the goal line with no timeouts and five seconds left. I don't think a single Chiefs fan thought that would happen. In fact, reference back to that Chargers game, that was uh, when Mahomes uh, had on fourth and goal had McCole Hardman in the end zone and threw it right in the dirt. I was more shocked by the play on Sunday of Mahomes throwing it to Tyree Kill than Mahomes throwing the ball in the dirt to a wide-open McCole Hardman in that Chargers game. I could not believe my eyes that Patrick Mahomes did that. He's usually so calm, so composed, so cerebral, and he made a, an egregious mistake. And Chandler, I think that mistake manifested. I think, it, I think Mahomes carried it with him into the locker room, and Mahomes played extremely tight. The rest of the yeah. game, like he played like he was scared shitless. The rest, like I've never seen Patrick Mahomes really play. Even when he was struggling earlier in the year, I did. I didn't think it was as frustrating as it was as it was here. And what even compounds that frustration for me is that the staff didn't realize that 
Like in the moment, they didn't realize that, okay, Patrick is just off. They should have pounded the shit out of the football. They should have. Edwards Alaire and McKinnon were both getting over five yards a carry. They should have recognized what was happening, recognized the momentum was on the Bengals' side, and tried to slow down the game and run the shed of the football. And the Chiefs didn't. They kept passing the ball and getting three and outs and or turnovers, and it cost them the game. So it is. It, it, I think it really hinges on the end of that first half, Chandler. You you should have gone into the break up twenty four to ten. You could have gone into the break up twenty eight to ten, and then you have all the momentum. The spirits of the Bengal, the spirit of the Bengals is broken, and you have a chance with to get the ball coming out, going up thirty something to ten. So yeah, I think that was a huge part of this game, Chandler, and yeah, it, the hardest part to swallow is that the the brunt of this falls on your stud quarterback yeah i i, I want to just real quick clear up i i uh i agree with you completely um i know the, the end of the half that absolutely affected the second half but more so what i'm trying to say is you're professional football players how do you let that affect like who cares you're up 11 right. like at the end of the day you're up two scores in the AFC championship game at halftime. And then you come out of the break and you look like you're down two scores, three scores. That's just what I don't understand. I, I, I just always feel like Patrick Mahomes is a guy that like has the utmost confidence in himself at all times. So when I sit there and I see that happen, I would imagine he would have been like, ah, you know, shit. I get the ball come out in the second half. I'm going to go out there and spin it again. Instead, okay, so you alluded to I'm at the game. I'm sitting there. They come out of the locker room. The body language in the second half, before the, the, before the play even started, them coming out of the locker room, there was a difference in the teams. The Bengals ran out onto the field. They got ready. They were ready to roll. The Chiefs kind of moseyed out of the locker room. Patrick Mahomes kind of got a couple throws under his belt. A couple guys were kind of running around. But the inner, there was no energy on the sideline. And it does not make any sense. You're 30 minutes from the Super Bowl. Let that sink in for a second. How are you not fired up? And you just put up – you had a chance to put up 28 points. It didn't work out. You still put up 21 and a half football. That's insanely difficult to do, and especially in the AFC Championship game. The Bengals' defense was defeated in the first half. Its body language in the first half was the Chiefs' body language in the second half. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know if we were running it, if we were passing it, who was going to catch it. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Johnny, we just didn't – I. I cannot understand why this coaching staff abandons the run. I cannot understand it. I understand the value that Patrick's arm has. I understand that completely. But it just doesn't make any sense. Who cares how good his arm is? Because guess what? We're not watching them in two weeks. So... As much as this game is is on Patrick Mahomes, and I completely agree, I, I ultimately I agree. 
I mean, the dancing around in the pocket bullshit is bullshit at the end of the day. Like, if it's not working, stop it. But he is getting the plays called to him. So I I don't really understand uh, that aspect of the game, Johnny. I really don't. Um, And and real quick, I know I'm a little long-winded here, but when you don't run the ball, the Bengals have no threat of you running the ball. So no wonder they were pinning their ears back and coming after Patrick and getting back there. And our offensive line started to struggle because they were never going forward. They were always going backwards. They had nothing going in their direction. So I just don't – there's a lot of things that I just don't really understand. And, and <sighs> Chandler, I've, I've raised this point a lot on this show do you and i never played organized football okay i played year-round baseball or soccer like but i love this game and maybe the reason i'm saying that is because maybe you know more than me when i'm saying this but i've raised this point a few times the chiefs offense is so rpo centric do you like the the coaching staff could call the play to patrick Mm -hmm. with every intention of running the football but ultimately it's Patrick's call whether he pulls the ball or not, right? Oh, uh, so, like, so, like, that has to be it. So we're, we're like, why won't this team run the football more? It's probably because Patrick won't, won't hand it off. So, right. like, Patrick, he wants to throw it. So, like, okay, let's, let's look at some scenarios in the game. Uh, the start of overtime. And, like, here's another thing that's uh, – here's what's frustrating to, uh, to me about this game is, like – Frustrating, but it also is helping me accept this. The Chiefs had ample opportunities to go win the football game. I mean, for the love of God, the Chiefs had the ball like first and goal at the five-yard line at the at end the of the three. game. At, the, at the, th- the three or whatever it was, maybe second and goal at the three. Yeah, second and goal at three, sorry. And they ended up kicking – with they had no penalties. And they ended up kicking a 44-yard field goal in that same scenario. Literally score a touchdown. The Bengals have no timeouts. And you're essentially going to the Super Bowl if you can just execute and score a touchdown there. Like, again, that is a microcosm of the Chiefs' entire season, lack of consistency. The Bengals didn't do, in my opinion, anything spectacular yesterday. They just remained consistent. That's how they beat the Chiefs the last time, consistency. And the Chiefs Mm -hmm. have been inconsistent the entire season. Okay, but the point I want to make about the RPOs, let's go to the, the start of overtime. You win the coin toss. Uh, there's 15 minutes on the clock, not 10, 15 in, 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 uh, in overtime in the playoffs. Okay, for some reason, the first two plays of overtime are designed to go to Demarcus Robinson, who hadn't seen a target the entire game, and is a sixth year, he's in his sixth year on the Chiefs and is literally the epitome of a role player. Uh, Byron Pringle, an undrafted player who's 28 years old, it has clearly overtaken Demarcus Robinson as the Chiefs' number two wide receiver. Like Demarcus, Demarcus stinks. We've said this, but he was the first option um, on 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 two uh, the first two plays of overtime. It was an RPO. It was an RPO on the very first play. The first play of overtime took two seconds. Two seconds. It said fourteen fifty eight on the clock. Patrick goes to to the handoff immediately, pulls it realizes he made the wrong fucking decision and then just launches it out of bounds because he's got a free guy rushing off of the edge. You know, um, 
they probably had every intention of running the football there. In fact, the Chiefs in overtime against the Bills uh, last week, they ran it on the first play of overtime. It was like the same exact play. And so the, the long point here is, Chandler, I, and you sound like you're confirming it, I think that they have every intention of running the football. But it's Patrick who pulls it. And so, I, I, again, Patrick wants to have the ball in his hand all the time. And this is, this is what we, we know. This is the reality of Patrick, right? There are plenty of good times where he extends the play. Really, before this year, we hadn't seen too much of the negative of him extending the play. And we saw it quite a bit this year. And frankly, it's just something that's not going to, there's no longevity to playing like that. Like, as he ages, that's going to go away. So, you know, there'll be pros and cons to that. But him taking these these sacks at the end of regulation, Chandler, was it was just as baffling as his decision at the end of the first half, which just goes to show that I think he lost all of his confidence. There are some there are some hard-to-watch footage of the third down play where he got sacked. I mean, he had Travis and Byron wide the fuck open in the end zone. I mean, like... You can't even say that there wasn't a, wasn't a throwing lane. Like, he had them both open for a Super Bowl cl- uh, clinching touchdown. And instead, he's drifting back, drifting back, extending the play, and then fumbling. And thank God uh, we had Wiley or whoever there to, to, to cover it. But, I mean, I keep saying the same thing, Chandler. I mean, we, the Chiefs lost because Patrick Mahomes played like shit in the second half, and that's tough. Yeah, you're exactly right about that RPO stuff, actually. Um, and not to come – I. Real quick, I remember being, uh, you know, obviously on the team or whatever, and my buddy Jordan Turner, offensive lineman, was he would always be showing us clips um, from film, from games of RPOs, and it isn't even necessarily your quarterback's fault because, like, he has to read a defense in, like, two seconds, or not even two seconds, like a second. So as he goes to hand that ball off, if he gets his read to throw it, I mean, a quarterback's instinct is going to throw it. I don't care if you're a peewee quarterback all the way to an NFL quarterback. Like, the quarterback wants to, you know, obviously get the ball in his hands and throw it. And and I remember a lot of the times my buddy Turner would just be like, dude, if you just hand this off, we could get six, seven yards a clip. But it's such a tough ask when you put that pass option in it. So – at the end of the day, sometimes just call it damn run play, you know, like who cares if they know we're running the ball, stop it, mm-hmm. like stop the run. Um, but yeah, man, the, I was actually at a really good vantage point at the stadium watching that uh, the second and goal from the three and then the third down. And it looked like, those guys were open, like you said. I mean, it really did. Um, and then that, I mean, that third down throw in overtime was just asinine. I mean, what is that? I mean, first of all, you're rolling out to your left, you're right handed. He, Tyreek, was clearly double teamed. I mean, he was not open in the slightest, and he just absolutely chucked it up. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sort of a punt, but they returned it to midfield. If you were going to give your defense any sort of chance to stop them from getting into field goal range, because at that point in the game, people, field goal wins it. 
They're essentially with Evan McPherson, who, by the way, what an unbelievable start to his playoff career. Shout out to him. Shout out to specialists. But, I mean, he was already on the verge of field goal range at midfield. So the game was really already over after that pick, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think you just have to punt it. You have to punt it. See how far back Tommy Townsend kicked the ball, honestly. Um, who, by the way, on the flip side of shout-out specialist, Tommy Townsend is not a good punter. He just isn't. I don't know if it's because the Chiefs are – or as, as a Chiefs fan, I've been spoiled with Colquitt, who seemed to do whatever the hell he wants to do with the ball. But Tommy Townsend has, is the most inconsistent punter I've ever seen in my entire life. One punt stands out to me yesterday, and I don't know the exact yardage, but I fucking know, and pardon my language, but I fucking know where this ball landed. We snapped the ball on about the 30, our own 30-yard line, and he punts it into the other end zone. Like, how? How? That is, it. that's inexcusable. You have a chance to completely flip the field, and instead you just give them the ball where they're going to automatically get it if the ball goes into the end zone. I would rather you kick it out around the 20-yard line out of bounds, at least make the returner feel some sort of pressure, at least make him try to get under the football. I mean, this ball, Johnny, it landed like in, it landed like three yards in the end zone. I mean, it didn't even have a chance. The only punt returner in the entire league that would try to catch that is McColl. I'm just sick to my stomach, dude. The second half Chiefs, that team did not deserve to win. And quite frankly, it was exciting that we won the coin toss, but, like, it didn't feel the same as the Bills. Like, I know that we – like, when you look at the Bills game, you win the coin toss, and it's because you'd been rolling the whole second half. Like, it wasn't going to stop. But, like, we won that coin toss, and there was almost kind of like a fake crowd excitement. It was just kind of like, oh, like, yay, question mark, because I didn't feel good about it. I didn't think – like, I I thought, you know, of course, I'm like, okay, Patrick's going to settle in. We're going to go score. I really did actually think that. But it wasn't the same confidence level against against the Bengals as it was the Bills. It just really wasn't. And that whole second half is telling. Um, real quick, we can talk about the defense. Um, I mean, Johnny, I'll get your quick thoughts real quick, but I think this, I mean, this game is just a hundred percent on the offense. I mean, defense, it didn't play great. It didn't play bad. I mean, they did. I, I genuinely believe that they did what they had to do to allow the chiefs to win this game. Uh, yeah, I would put a hundred percent of the blame on the offense. Um, and like, quickly before the defense. I think that's, I mean, I'm trying to find out like why my emotions are, are the way they are. Like I've just pretty much accepted this already. And I think it's because like, we saw this, like how many times did we come on and and you would say like these chiefs, these chiefs are not beating anybody in January. Like we, we, and we, we said that stuff and yeah, we looked wrong for a while and I'm not saying we were totally right, but like there was, we weren't totally uh, just like throwing shit up against the wall to see what sticks. Like, like watching those Chiefs back then, like your your mistakes and your shortcomings are amplified in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
And the Chiefs' inconsistency on offense all year was amplified in the playoffs. And when you needed them the most, they didn't show up, which is a really shitty thing. Like, it's a really shitty reality to be in is that your offense of Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Patrick Mahomes could not come up um, in an entire second half uh, for the second time against the Bengals, right? And uh, that's, that's what's really frustrating. So on the defense, uh, start with something positive. Uh, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are really good. Like, yeah. I think they're really good. Nick Bolt, uh, uh, Willie Gay had like two really nice passes defense early yesterday. I thought he looked really good. And uh, Nick Bolton is just a really sure tackler. I like him. Uh, then there, but there, there was some bad, in my opinion. Um, oh, I agree. It's just there, overall. Yeah, there, there, there's some bad. Uh, let's see where I can start. So uh, the Bengals got a touchdown at the end of the first half, which was due solely because Charvarius Ward was oh. not willing to step up and tackle. Um, the the uh, they got a two point conversion by picking on Daniel Sorensen with like a little white practice squad slot receiver. I mean, and Sorensen wasn't even close to the guy. Um, they got a touchdown to Jamar Chase by picking on Rashad Fenton, just like they did last time. I mean, ha- they left Rashad Fenton on an island on Jamar Chase. I don't understand. Um, let's see what else, Chandler. Uh, Tyron Matthew, who I want to finish. We'll finish with this later, what we think for the future for the Chiefs and stuff like that. But um, just quick glance into that. Uh, Tyron Matthew has done a lot of good things for the Chiefs. I think you've been his harshest critic, but I think even you could admit that he has been um, he's for the money that we've given him, he's been pretty good, but, uh, he's set to be a free agent. He's an aging safety and he didn't really make any plays for you the last two and a half, three months of the season. So like, I don't think that's a guy that you can bring back. And he certainly didn't make any big plays yesterday when you needed him the most. And I don't think you can pay for that. A couple more. Uh, Frank Clark was nowhere to be found yesterday. Frank Clark has got a, He's got an out in his contract that would save the Chiefs nearly thirteen million dollars against the cap. Uh, frankly, I do not see him on the Chiefs next year. And then this is the toughest one for me on the defense. Um, there were two major opportunities for the Chiefs to sack Joe Burrow yesterday and and influence drives. And for some reason, he got away. One was on a second down that would have brought up like third and 25 plus, and the Bengals were backed up in their territory. Mm-hmm. And then another one was on that third and long where Chris Jones had him wrapped up and somehow let him go. And it's not like Burrow is, he's not a statue in the pocket, but he's not Josh Allen. And mm-hmm. somehow Chris Jones let him go. And this is the toughest part for me, Chandler, because I was looking at a stats today. In 11 career playoff games, Chris Jones has zero sacks. Like, where is Chris Jones? You know, I watched that game last night. Aaron Donald didn't have a sack last night, but he is all over the place. But Chris Jones had a couple of good plays last night in the running game, but against an offensive line that surrendered nine sacks to the Titans, the Chiefs mustered one. That is pathetic. And... You know, the Chiefs really, I think, had a hard time getting to the quarterback consistently all year, and and that's another place where the Chiefs are going to have to get better. So positives, I think Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are really bright pieces for the future. Negatives, you got a lot of money invested in this defense, and it's not showing up in crunch time. No, and um, I another 
another credit to the Bengals. I mean, that was a talking point all week uh, coming in. Uh, we talked about it. Everyone else talked about it. I mean, I think I'm actually pretty sure I tweeted it on Sunday. I mean, I thought that the key to the game yesterday was the D-line, and it was non-existent. It really was. Um, there was very little pressure. In Chris Jones's defense, I did see several times he was being double-teamed, but that's every week. You, It's not like all of a sudden they just brought that out there on you. Jaron Reed didn't do anything. Uh, for the first time as a chief, I didn't think Melvin Ingram had a very good game. And, and Frank Clark, I mean, Stinks. he's, he's just gone. He's gone. There's, I don't, I can't even think of an argument to bring him back. He's out of here. Um, and, and quite frankly, they just got outplayed by the Bengals O-line. The Bengals started to run the ball decently well in the second half. They really didn't that much in the first, I didn't think. Um, and and it just you got you got to pressure a quarterback, especially at home with the crowd. I mean, the crowd was electric. The crowd was electric. The crowd brought it. Um, it, it it was just it's just a it was sad. Uh, this loss. Closing remarks on this game, really, and then we'll look at the future real quick before we get off of here. My closing remarks are: this game is the most sad, disappointing. And, and brutal loss of the Patrick Mahomes era. Quite simply because I think when you have somebody that's so well-respected and so highly touted um, as Patrick Mahomes, it's Super Bowl or bust. The AFC Championship game is just not – it's not uh, – it isn't enough. For the Bengals, it is, and maybe not now. But this year, it definitely was. And I think that showed it today in the second half. Um, the Chiefs let that pressure get to him. Hopefully, it's a learning experience, I would say. You know, you, you lost to Brady in 18. That was a humbling experience. Like, let's get back. Let's get on it. You win the Super Bowl in 19. You lose the Super Bowl in 20. So you're like, okay, we can get here as many times as we want to. And and when you when you don't make it to the big dance, um, it's it's really tough. Um, looking to the future, real quick before I let you, Johnny, I want you to go over personnel. Um, but I'm the AFC is disgusting right now, um, and in a good way for the sport of football, but in a bad way for the Chiefs, a bad way. Um, I would still take Patrick Mahomes over all the quarterbacks in the AFC right now, given what he's already done his, in his short time as a quarterback. But Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Herbert, let me know if I'm forgetting somebody, Derek Carr. I mean, there are people, Lamar, there are people everywhere in this, in this uh, conference and, and I was texting with my buddy Austin Huff before we got on here. I mean, the four seed in the AFC is going to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. That doesn't happen very often. And, uh, I, I mean, they're going to be around for a while. So this conference is only going to get better. And um, I, for my closing remark of the Figure It Out football podcast season, because, folks, this is the last episode, Patrick Mahomes has to get better. He has to take his game to another level. Do I think he can do it? Absolutely. 
his talent is good enough. He has to take his football level to a new height. And I don't know. I'm not a quarterback guru. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I am. I'm also not getting paid $500 million to do it. He absolutely has to get better as a game manager and as an overall quarterback, in my opinion. So, Johnny, what do the Chiefs do uh, with their personnel that they have now? We kind of already alluded to it. And then with, I just want to go over real quick the first round of the draft. What uh, what do we take? What are we taking at? What are we going to be, 30 or 29, 30? Yeah. So, okay, we'll get, let's, let's get to that. I want to say my last things about the chiefs, um, about that game. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. He, he, Patrick has got to take the next step. I think cerebrally as a quarterback, like the physical talent is there, but it's just like the decision-making, which I think he usually is pretty good, but at least before this year, I thought that, and then there were, there's definitely some questionable decision-making um, this year. And yeah, he, he he's that's the step he has to take, right? I mean, he's accomplished, like, I mean, the throws that he makes are amazing. The stats, the numbers, I mean, that's all there. But what, and he's won a Super Bowl, which is amazing. But, like, there will come a time when the Chiefs have to play a road playoff game that is not the Super Bowl. And they haven't done that yet with Patrick Mahomes. Like, they've yeah. all been home games. And so it, it is kind of tough to realize that the Chiefs have hosted four straight AFC championship games and only have one Super Bowl to show for it. It's great that you have the one, but I mean, hosting four straight and you only have one Super Bowl win to show for it. Man, you definitely want 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 more than a twenty five percent success rate. Um, I disagree with you on this being the most heartbreaking loss in the Patrick Mahomes era. For me, it was the twenty eighteen AFC Championship game because we had the game won and it came down to a flag. Whereas this game, I have accepted it because the Chiefs, like you said, did not deserve to win based off of their performance in the second half. And, um, but, but, but it is still a really tough and shitty loss that we had, but that's not the worst one for me. Okay. Going forward. Um, I'll just rattle off a few of the key free agents. We won't, we won't go through all of them, but we mentioned Tyron Matthew Orlando Brown jr. Is, but I, I think everyone expects him. I think he played well enough to get the franchise tag. So they'll probably keep Orlando Brown jr. Around, but you have some decisions to make, right? Melvin Ingram, Jaron Reed, Charvarius Ward. Um, Byron Pringle, Mike Hughes, Daniel Sorensen, <laughs> Chad Henney, Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Long, Ben Neiman, Demarcus Robinson. Like, literally, I think all those guys could be gone. Like, all those guys could be gone uh, besides Orlando Brown and then maybe Melvin Ingram. Like, there's going to be a lot of different faces on this team. And, uh, and the Chiefs know that, right? Like, the Chiefs front office knows that they've squandered an opportunity here. And I, I gotta, there's nothing else we can do. I've criticized Brett Veach. There's nothing I can do to influence this. I just have to place my trust in the fact that him and his staff will know that they have to find that one thing to correct uh, to get themselves back into a position to win the Super Bowl. If you look in the past, right, in 2018, the Chiefs lost because their defense was fucking horrible. Well, what did they do? They went out and got Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. We've seen, you know, say what you will about those guys, but they won the Super Bowl that year. So they went and corrected that, right? Um, then they lose the Super Bowl to Tampa, 
in 2020 because their offensive line is decimated and terrible and they have no depth. What do they do? They go out and they revamp the offensive line and they, and they look really, really good. And then they ended up coming up short, but they made it back to the AFC championship game and the offensive line looks really poised to succeed uh, moving forward. So where are the chiefs going to find they need to get better uh, this off season in order to put themselves in a position to succeed? Personally, I think they need another dynamic wide receiver. And uh, I think they need another dynamic player at running back. I don't think Clyde's the guy. I think Clyde is a great complimentary piece, and he showed that. But I think the team really changed with Jarek McKinnon. And this is a guy who's like 30, 29, 30 years old and was your fourth string running back that they just found out could, could have some success. So the Chiefs need other options outside of Kelsey and Hill. Those are great players, but they're, I mean, they're going to age another year here. And so I, I I don't know where they're going to go. I mean, do they go out and talk to Juju Smith-Schuster again? Do they make a run at Devontae Adams? Do they try to trade for Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons, who reportedly are going to go their separate ways? Do they go after someone in the draft? Um, it remains to be seen, Chandler. They do have a first-round pick. Um, they have another compensatory pick because Ryan Poles um, was a minority play uh, front office player guy that got hired to be the GM of the Bears, so they'll get another compensatory pick there. I mean, they have picks, um, but they're going to have to find that one thing that they have to go after, and I think that's offensive skill position as well as pass rusher on defense. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a long off season that we're going to have to digest this loss. You've got the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. You've got free agency in March, and then you've got the draft at the end of April. So those are the milestones to look for. And uh, it's unfortunate that we're in this position talking about the Chiefs in this regard and not talking about how we're so pumped for the Super Bowl, Chandler. It's, uh, it's tough, but I've had a great time talking about this stuff with you every week. Yeah, it's been a uh, – it doesn't feel like it right now, but it has been a hell of a first season of the Figure It Out pod football edition. Um, I loved what you said. I, I agree. I think I, I really want a sick wide receiver, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Johnny, we'll talk to you. Uh, you know, we might be able to, we, we, we could probably hop on here like post draft, uh, maybe get a quick chiefs draft rundown. But other than that, uh, the next time I'll quote unquote, talk to you, will be in August, brother. Uh, football season's over for us. I might do a super bowl preview. I don't know if I can do it. If I do it, I'll do it by myself. And it'll probably be about a five minute episode. But, Johnny, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. I can't wait for next season, brother. Same here, man. Thanks, Chandler. Yep. See you, buddy.